Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jedikin. Take it away, Des. Oh, so um, we would love to thank the people who subscribe to our Patreon. You can do that over at patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene, where we put our ad-free episodes, um, bonus content, uh, after show. We do an after show every, after every uh, main episode and, and more. There's lots more there. Yeah. Um, so you can check that out, as I said before, at patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. This past week, we had a bunch of new subscribers, including Case, John, Mary, Nancy, Suzanne, Susan, Taylor, Rich, Ross, oh, sorry, Rosso, uh, Shara. Well, it, it cut off, and then I saw <laughs> there was more letters coming. <laughs> Shara, Kim, Kath, Juan, uh, Allie. Kirsten, Steph, Michelle, Molly, Jennifer, meet, oh, Heather. God, it said meet heat, but it was Heather. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I was like, meet heat? Who's heat? Uh, No, it is Heather, Karen, Courtney, Jennifer, Alexandra, Megan, Jacob, Louise, Jennifer, and Carly. Thank you all so much. Thank you guys so much. Okay, Desi, this is part two of America's Next Top Model. Ooh. This, there's a lot to talk about. Okay. And since we are not going to get to all of the stories I had planned for this series, we will be doing additional top model content on our Patreon available at the end of the month. Yeah. So soon. If you want to, if you want. (laughs) If you want even more additional top model content stories that I didn't get to today in this episode, you can subscribe to our Patreon at the $10 level. It'll be, we do a monthly additional long show yeah, at the $10 level. And then of course you'll have access to all the other shows that we do. Yeah. If you subscribe to that, if you just want to hear this, subscribe for... A month and cancel. I don't know. I don't know what people do. <laughs> we don't, by the way, some of you apologize when you unsubscribe because of financial troubles or whatever. You don't have to You don't apologize. have to do that. We do not monitor your comings and goings on no, there. We so don't. Uh, don't worry about that. We are never mad at you. We're Ever. grateful for whatever you join for, whatever you can afford. Yeah. We, just, uh, we don't want you to, to pay for us if you need money for other things that's crazy yeah so yeah we just appreciate any support and we obviously just appreciate you listening to the show yes even if you're not a subscriber absolutely we're happy you listen to the show okay let's get started lisa d'amato we're starting with lisa (laughs) d'amato she was a contestant on cycle five and again on cycle 17 for the show's all-star season, where she would be crowned the winner. (gasps) Since her appearances on Top Model, Lisa is known amongst fans and people who follow her for being very outspoken in her criticisms about the show and of Tyra Banks, 
She's very active on both Instagram and TikTok, where a majority of her content is spilling tea and opinions about her time on the show. Now, don't come at me. I know she posts other stuff, but I would say in the past two years since America's not Next Top Model has re-entered the zeitgeist, she's been like, right. well, I'm here. You want tea? Here's, Here's the thing with Lisa. She knows which way the wind is blowing. Yeah. And if everyone's being mean to Top Model, she's going to uh, jump on that that bandwagon and she has stuff. So she she's, has, she's going to give it. She's got, yeah. she's got stuff to say. She was on the show twice. Yeah. So, she has no qualms. I think. Right. About saying things. Right. For sure. So she did. She also was among the many former models who did an hours. Well, hers was hours long <laughs> with Oliver Twixt, who is, we talked about last week. He's a YouTube content creator he has i mean it is incredible that this man has gotten like almost a hundred former models from the show on on his channel and they just they tell him everything so she's done an interview with oliver twixt in which she explained some of uh her notoriously bad edit on cycle five now if you watched cycle five whether you love lisa or you hate her she did get a bad edit. Like they, her narrative on cycle five was not good. Is that the diaper season? This is the diaper okay. season. And we're going to talk, but about she that. did do the diaper. <laughs> well, that's, that was all Lisa. Yeah. That was not producer manipulation. No. But what happens with top model is the editors and the producers, hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage is filmed in this show. Right. So they go through all of these hundreds of hours of film and that's how they select the narrative for each contestant. Like we talked about last week with Shandy being portrayed as this sort of sheltered Walgreens cashier. Yeah, she was a Walgreens cashier, but they also didn't mention the fact that right. she was a trans So DJ. it's selective. It's cherry picking. So you leave out anything that doesn't fit your narrative. Yeah. Yeah. They had this other contestant on a cycle, I think her name was uh, Luvi, and she was her character was portrayed as like the reformed bad girl, and so they didn't show her partying it up and drinking, even though she told Oliver Twixt she was like, "Yeah, I like barfed one night, <laughs> like after we got after I got drunk," but they didn't show that. They only showed this other girl being wasted. They didn't yeah. show me because like I had this more reformed, yes, bad it's not girl as interesting image. So Lisa told Oliver Twix that during casting week, each girl undergoes a psychological evaluation. And this is true. Many other models have spoken I think about a lot this. of reality shows do this. Yes, they do. This, uh, my next sentence, this is not an, uncom- <laughs> this is not an uncommon practice for reality television. She says that the first day of psychoval entails filling out seemingly endless amounts of paperwork and answering questions like, do you hear voices? <gasps> You know, stuff like that. Then the following day, the girls meet with psychologists who further evaluate them. So this is a pretty extensive psych eval that these girls on Top Model go through. According to Lisa, a variety of personal information is gathered from the girls about their past traumas, their childhood experiences, whatever, whatever phobias they have. It's so they weird. can use them in challenges. Yeah, so they can use them. Oh, she... She's she, afraid of heights? Let's do a bungee jumping off a skyscraper shoot. Right. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all very sensitive information. Right. And this is all gleaned from these. Although you interviews. could leave things out, right? You could. Lisa says that this personal information was used against her during the filming of cycle five. This is something Lisa talks about a lot on her TikTok. She talks about it a lot on her Instagram about how top model exploited her childhood traumas. How did they exploit them? We're going to get into okay, that. Okay, Sorry. <laughs> I'm not just leaving you hanging. <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> Lisa divulged information to the psychologists about her traumatic childhood which she has spoken about in recent interviews. Lisa says that her mother was very abusive to her and also facilitated in Lisa's childhood sexual assault. Like her mom let this happen to her on a number of occasions and even facilitated it. Needless to say, her relationship with her mother was not good and a source of deep pain for her. Lisa says that during the confessional interviews for the show, production would ask her questions like, what would your mother think of this? To sort of elicit an emotional reaction from her. So just anytime she was talking about anything? Yeah. Oh, if they weird. felt like she wasn't... Emoting? Yeah, if they wanted more of a strong reaction from her, they sort of like, oh, let's see if we can get some tears going so that right. this thing she's talking about seems more dramatic. But there's no context of, well, we just pried about her mom. Right. So Lisa has spoken many times in the past about how like talking about her mom at all is like, it's very emotional for her. Like it can absolutely elicit a response of tears. So Lisa referred to this whole thing as like psychological warfare. Lisa, like I said before, she had a bad edit on cycle five. She had a tough time in the house and didn't seem to have a lot of allies among the other girls. I mean, she was not popular and look i'm not going to place all of that on the bad edit she got because she's still not popular she, on cycle 17 right she was annoying in the house i mean that's why it's a confusing statement that she got a bad edit when she did a lot of this to herself i'm just curious what I'm, that's the thing you see on people complain about on reality shows a lot and there's more right. of a um obvious you know, they made me the villain when I actually am friends with all the girls. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. There's stuff like that. I'm just curious what she says they made her look like. Well, one of the examples that she gave to Oliver Twixt was there's this moment in cycle five where Lisa is seen telling this other model, Corinne, to stop working out. She's like, you need to stop working out. You need, and it's, and it comes across on the show like she's body shaming Corinne or she's trying policing Corinne and her because body. she was like, you're too muscular or yeah. Like yeah. your body, you're too muscular or you're too, um, thin. Okay. And so Lisa said to Oliver Twix or like, they didn't get the full, they didn't get the full picture. What happened? She said, according to her, like between casting week and when we moved into the model house, Corinne had dropped a ton of weight and I was concerned now whether or not that's true. I could see why, regardless of that Corinne would be like mind your fucking business I don't yeah you don't need to make a comment about my body to me I guess my point is I don't 100% buy that she got a bad edit because I think she gave them plenty to work with uh, of course she gave them yeah I mean, she was she, look and whatever she has you know and she 
she has her reasons for why she was drinking a lot on the show. Oh, like, right, right. You know, she that was another reason why she sort of butted heads with the girls because she got very, very drunk on her yeah. cycle. And she was like, you know, running around the house like a maniac. Yeah. And like people were kind of like, all right, Lisa, you're annoying. Yeah. Like, Lisa, be quiet. Um, but I do, obviously, I, I understand that the producers definitely amplify that stuff. And, oh, totally. And I don't, and like, look, some people just aren't, I wouldn't be cut out for that situation. I might be like, <laughs> if anything, I would be very boring. Cause I would be yes. completely controlling myself in every aspect yeah. and making sure I didn't give them anything. And then I get kicked off early for being too boring. Exactly. That would be my thing. Yeah. I might just given the amount of reality TV I watch, I might be overly conscious. Cause I would know everything they could turn into something. I think. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, Lisa also, she has a very like strong personality. So I think, like, I think the thing is Lisa, when you see her now and in interviews now is exactly who she was on these shows. Do you know what I mean? It's like not that different. That's why I don't a hundred percent buy her claims of a bad edit. I mean, I do think they heightened things and made it worse. Probably. I also don't doubt that they prodded her with her past traumas for emotional response oh i believe that 100 percent. i 100 percent believe they did that and so, I, they did that to everyone probably in some oh, way yeah they did yeah. and we'll talk about that with another contestant in a bit but um another thing that lisa explained to oliver twixt about how people were complaining on her cycle like she, you know she she was appearing to give all this unsolicited advice to various models right about how to model and people were like annoyed by that because it's like stop telling me to walk this way or to stop telling me to right. I don't need your sh- get out of my face basically and she said to all like Lisa did have a modeling career prior to top model she did like she was in some teen magazines doing like she had experience. She had experience. And I think Lisa thought she was being helpful to the girls and yes. the girls did not take it that way. And it came across as unsolicited advice, which can be very annoying. I think, uh, yeah, you have to be careful with unsolicited advice, no matter what I think. Yeah. Cause it doesn't often get taken well, especially if you're in a stressful situation, it can make things worse. Right. Though Tyra and the judges were a fan of the many stunning photos that she did take, like Lisa, Lisa took some, she did know how to model. Lisa was a great model. She took some great photos. Tyra was a fan of her look, but she did recall a weird moment that she had with Tyra during casting. At some point during the casting, the girls were each allowed one minute with Tyra to ask her any questions about her modeling career. Lisa, (laughs) sorry. Lisa asked her what it was like to work with Will Smith on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Tyra responded, get out. And really? kicked her out of the room. Why? I don't know. Maybe because it's not modeling because it's acting. I also feel like Lisa did intentionally pick a question like that. Do you know what I mean? Really? I think she was trying to be funny. Maybe she was trying I to be funny. I think she fun- was trying to be funny. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I think Tyra is like overreacted a bit. Yeah. <laughs> To say the least. But I do feel like that is Lisa's personality that she was trying to be like, I'm going to ask about Fresh Prince. Do you know what I mean? I just buy that. Yeah. So Lisa was like, okay. Like she was really stunned by this. Probably Lisa's most infamous moment on cycle five 
was the diaper incident. Well, yeah. Now let's you talk can't about, top that. <laughs> we, you can't top the diaper incident. So we talked briefly about the diaper incident on our last episode. The photo shoot that week was the girls had to do a shoot with the Wild Boys. So it was Wee Man, Steve-O, and that's it. Maybe there was another dude. Yeah. Like I don't a, know who else. A lesser one. <laughs> another one I don't know. But it was definitely Steve-O and Wee Man. And it was this sort of zany, all the, it was a very zany themed shoot yeah. and like wacky. And Lisa, we talked about this. Lisa got a diaper and she put it on and she stands in front of Steve-O and Wee Man and two of the other models. And she's like, should I pee in it? And everyone goes, no. And she's like, I'm going to do it. And they're like, don't do it. And one of the other models is like, I swear to God, Lisa, if you start peeing in that diaper, like I will fucking lose it. Like stop. Like this isn't funny. I know that feeling when you're around someone who is just super chaotic <laughs> and you've just had enough of their shit. <laughs> It's like the final straw. It's like, please stop yourself for once because this will take me over the edge where I can no longer be around you. That was that was the vibe. But Lisa stood there. She spread her legs and she just starts pissing. And you can see piss dripping out the bottom <laughs> of this diaper. It's and, just so unhinged. And even Steve-O was like, that is disgusting. Like, if you disgust Steve-O, <laughs> you got issues. <laughs> <laughs> like, at least do it in a hot way. <laughs> so Lisa talked about the diaper incident on Oliver Twix's YouTube channel. She said that prior to that happening on, set, on that set, she was pulled aside by executive producer Ken Mock, who wanted to talk to her about her antics even prior to that, like just her drunken antics in the house. And right. she sort of was a reputation as like the wild one. And she was, so he was scolding her or he pulled her aside privately on set to scold her and basically tell her like, you need to calm down. You know, you're really, I don't know what's going on in that room. There's some <laughs> cats doing some fucked up shit in that room. We're not going to look, I'm not investigating. So Ken Mock says to her, you need to calm down. Like, you've been really yeah. crazy in the house. You're ruining your chances. We think you're a great model. Blah, blah, blah. We Don't have let this ruin things. Yeah, no more antics. And Lisa said she started yelling at him that, like, you guys are the ones making me act crazy. And so <laughs> that's when Lisa decided to walk back onto the set, grab the diaper, put it on, and piss in it. And this was going to prove what? <laughs> this was Lisa, so that Ken make that happen somehow. Like I, yeah. Basically, she was like, "This was my fuck you to production to be like, you can't control me. I'm crazy." Here's the thing about giving a fuck you to someone: it can never be a humiliation at your expense. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Right. Like. You got to not do that one because you no one remembers. No, you didn't stick it to anyone. She just it was a cell phone. Yeah. I mean, that's that's wild to me that she thought that that was a fuck you. She did. You can't control me. I'm going to piss in a diaper. And then they must have been thrilled. Oh, yeah. They were like, great. This is a great segment. This is going to use. We're going to use this in all the teaser trailers. <laughs> This is our shocking moment of the season. 
Lisa pissed in a diaper. And it's like, you see the trailer, they're like, what did she do? And you see the um, faces of the other models going, oh, right. do you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and it's like, you don't know what Lisa did, but you're like, I'm tuning in next week right. to see what happened. To find out. Yeah, and absolutely. Lo and behold. It was like more shocking than anyone could have ever imagined. I, I wish I could remember my reaction when, when, when I saw that. Saw it. I, I really do like, just like, I don't have a, str- I mean, I remember it, but I, I don't remember like, did I, did my jaw drop? Like, I don't, (laughs) it seems pretty crazy. So she said, quote, it was my way of showing Ken that I was pissing on his show. (sighs) Look, well, (laughs) you pissed on yourself. Yeah, because he, he was, he was grateful for what you did. Right. (laughs) It helped his show. It didn't, it didn't hurt top model. Yeah. That doesn't hurt top model at all. Like it gave them higher ratings probably. Now, everyone expected that Lisa would get eliminated by the end of this episode because sometimes it on some episodes, it wouldn't even matter if you necessarily had the worst picture of the week. Sometimes even just some kind of indiscretion that was like so like egregious enough. Right. Would get Tyra to be like she would go like, now you didn't have the worst picture this week. But your behavior yeah. in the model house or your behavior yeah. on set. You did have the worst attitude. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and in the modeling world, they'll look past a bad picture, but not a bad attitude. <laughs> <laughs> right. You would get you would get that speech. Yeah. So everyone was expecting like Lisa's going home at the end of this. But as luck would have it, nobody wound up being eliminated that week. Because production already had the overseas tickets booked. Oh. And the overseas... So it was like, everyone's going. It was like a surprise. Everyone's going to London, including piss diaper Lisa. Oh, damn. So she got a lucky break. She got Because she may have been sent home. She got to go to London, but she was eliminated the first week in London. So they got her immediately. Yeah. And she had a great photo that week, too. And did they say why she was let go? Nope. I think, well, they said they, they didn't say the piss diaper. Yeah. But they were like, your attitude is out of control. I mean, yeah. it was something. They were like, for whatever Ken said to her, it was probably those similar reasons. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely more about her personality. Why she, like why they explained why she was getting kicked off. Yeah. Now something that happened in London, the week following Lisa's elimination was something that is referred to on the internet as granola gate, (sighs) granola gate. (laughs) Now granola gate happened when one of the remaining girls, Brie woke up to find that her granola bars had been eaten. Now the models are all given a small stipend to buy groceries and that's the food that they eat during the filming of the show. So Brie had, bought these granola bars. Actually, what happens is they're given this stipend and production goes out to the grocery stores and buys them the food on their list that they give okay. them because they they can't go anywhere. Right. They're sequestered. They're kept secret. Because people away. can't know who's in London. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or they, they also can't have access to like magazines oh. or not magazines, but like tab newspapers and right. any kind of media that's whatever happening. They can have magazines, but they don't have TV in the house. They don't have phones in the house except for the house phone. I wonder why they're not allowed to watch TV. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why exactly, but they're, they, they're, they're very isolated. Yes. All these girls. So, so she's like, I want granola bars. And she got her granola bars and I like, she, she, 
wakes up in the morning, t- wants to grab a granola bar to eat, and someone's eating her granola bars. Ugh, I would be furious. She was furious. And so she immediately thinks it's Nicole. Nicole stole my granola <gasps> bars. She pins it on Nicole. So she takes Nicole's Red Bulls and she pours all of them down the bathroom sink. That's weird. She was livid. And this wound up causing a huge fight in the house between Nicole, Brie, and Kim, who had just happened to insert herself into the drama. Because <gasps> Kim like kind of tried to be the mediator. Yeah. But really, she was just getting in the middle of the business mm-hmm. of Brie and Nicole. This Absolutely. was between Brie and Nicole. Nicole butted in. That caused a huge blowout. So it's these three girls beefing. Meanwhile, Jayla, I think that was her name, was sort of just in the background. People on Reddit have speculated that Jayla stole the granola bars. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, I'm not saying anything. Yeah. (laughs) Because during the... That's so funny. Oh, my God. Jayla, Jayla was, because this was a blowout fight. I mean, Brie was like, you're an ugly person with an ugly soul. I mean, people, it was, they were going at each yeah. other. And meanwhile, Jayla with her big old eyes is just like, oh, in the background. No, that's classic. Um, so Lisa told Oliver Twix, she says, I stole the granola bars, <gasps> which honestly, I don't believe it. Me and mo- most people don't believe it because as soon as you get eliminated, you're whisked off to a hotel to be sequestered in. Right. So she would have had to taken them before she left. Yeah, I guess. Also, it's, it's just like Lisa <laughs> to take credit for that sort of chaos. <laughs> no one else would ever want to be known for that, but Lisa's fine with it. And I ate the granola bars. Like, <laughs> I pissed in a diaper and yeah. I ate the granola. I'm the bars. one who. It's like what? What won't she take credit for? I didn't. That's <laughs> like, It's just like she doesn't care about having anything bad attached to her because she thinks everything is hilarious. She's a, she's the Joker. She is the Joker, Honestly, and she also thinks she's like. It's just like chaos rules with Lisa. I think she should play the Joker next. I would. I could picture her in the makeup, honestly. Honestly, because <laughs> she has very extreme eyebrows, right? Lisa would kill as the Joker. I bet you she's done a photo shoot as the Joker, <laughs> like a sexy photo shoot as the Joker. Can't you picture it? <laughs> I'm trying to swallow water. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Yeah, I don't believe that she took it, but I do believe she is the Joker. <laughs> I think that's a great idea for her we to should, do that. We should photo pitch shoot. it to her. I bet you we could become friends with I her. I have a mutual friend with her. Okay. We which need is, to get her on the show. Which is why, <laughs> look, I'm very curious about Lisa D'Amato because of her gigantic personality and because of the fact that I only recently learned that we have a mutual friend and she's very close to this person, according to her Instagram. Oh, so I was like stunned. What do you mean? Because she's been in pictures with her. Yeah, like she's posted about this person. Oh, okay. So it's not like you've just seen that you have mutual followers. Uh, She's posting pictures. And I've seen both of them commenting on each other's stuff. Oh, so I was like, Damn. Anyway, despite Lisa's horrible experience on Cycle 5, she returned to top model for Cycle 17 when the show did an all-stars season. 
She competed against 14 formal top model contestants and was crowned the winner. Lisa's win was unlike any win in the show's history because immediately preceding it, one of the top three contestants was disqualified. <gasps> now we're going to get into that. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> You're just we're saying. We're going to talk about it. Good. Angeli Preston first appeared on Top Model in Cycle 12. In an on-camera interview that cycle, she said she traveled from her hometown of Buffalo, New York to New York City via bus and slept in the Port Authority bus terminal ahead of casting week. She was eliminated during casting week, but she tried out again in cycle 14 and wound up making it pretty far in the competition. She made it to the final four. She made it even further when she returned for All-Stars, landing in the final three with Lisa D'Amato and Allison Harvard. But instead of crowning the winner overseas like they do in all the other seasons, the show returned to Los Angeles where the panel made an announcement that they would be doing a special finale that was being conducted under unusual circumstances. Nigel Barker said, Yeah, it turns out after shooting was wrapped, our production team and the network learned information from Anjali that disqualifies her from the competition. That's what he says on this show. On the show. On the show. So we know she's disqualified for some reason, but yeah. not what? It's very weird because it's like one scene, all these three finalist girls, they're all in Greece and they're celebrating the runway show they just did. And you expect the very next scene to be them still in Greece with panel deciding yes. the winner. But instead it cuts to panel and Tyra announcing we're actually in Los Angeles again because we have to do a special finale because of some weird shit that just went down. Yes. And that's when Nigel says, yeah, we just found out information about Angeli that disqualified her. So this is very unusual. Later, Lisa D'Amato was declared the winner of America's Next Top Model All-Stars. The prize was a spread in Vogue Italia a $100,000 CoverGirl contract, and a campaign with Express. So what really went down that led to Angelie's shocking departure from the show? Angelie explained it all in an interview with Bustle. That article ran in March of this year. Angelie said that following her success on Cycle 14, she found it really difficult to book actual work. This is a sentiment that is unfortunately not uncommon among top model alumni. She said, I would bring my portfolio to an agency, which had all my top model photos in them. That's all I had. I remember going to an agent in New York and he asked, this is a top model portfolio, isn't it? Ugh. So, well, they're they're They have a very specific look. <laughs> like no model has those type of photo shoots in their book when they're starting no, out. Yeah, not at all. And like we've said before, it's kind of they're people turn their nose up. Yeah, in the fashion and modeling industry about oh you're you were on a reality show. So they've many models, like I said, they've gone on to complain about the difficulty in booking jobs following their appearance on the show, citing the stigma attached to being on a reality show they're often looked at more as reality stars rather than actual models right angelie was understandably frustrated with her lack of prospects 
She recalled she was walking down the street in Queens one day and was approached by a man in a fancy car. He introduced her to two beautiful women who told her that they were paid to go on dates with men. She wouldn't have to have sex with the men, just go on dates. Desperate for money, Angelie cautiously accepted. The women, she noticed, were wearing designer clothes and looked very well taken care of. She wound up traveling across the country with the man and the other women that he employed, and it wasn't long before Angelie realized she had gotten in way over her head. She was in a situation she didn't feel comfortable with. She was, after all, expected to have sex with the men, and she just didn't think that she had signed up for that. Right. She wasn't, she just was not into it. The man who was essentially her pimp, she refers to as T in the Bustle article. Angelie said T became physically abusive (gasps) and she was afraid to leave the situation. So she worked for him for a while. One night in South Beach, he punched her in the face. Oh my gosh. Soon after Angelie traveled with T and the girls to Las Vegas, where Cycle 14 winner Krista White lived. Krista became aware of what was going on with Angelie when one of her friends called her up and said, hey, Angelie's in Vegas, like, and she's not in a good situation. Can you you do anything? Can you reach out to her? Krista tried to meet up with Angelie, but Angelie said that T wouldn't let her. She even offered to pay for Angelie's plane ticket back to New York, but Angelie refused. She was too scared. Krista called Top Model, (gasps) hoping that they would be able to help With the situation, she got in touch with various stylists from the show. She got in touch with assistants. She even got in touch with Tyra Banks herself, begging for them to help Angelie get out of the situation, hoping that people in like a more powerful position. Right. Would convince her that maybe she'd be safe if she left. Yeah. Or they could intervene in some way. Krista told Bustle, there was no way for her to find modeling work or take care of herself or anything. No one was hiring or booking her. And for Tyra to be like, I'm for women, I'm for girls, I want to have your back. When it came time for her to show up and really help someone, what happened? Angelie wound up getting herself out of the situation when the group traveled to Long Island, New York. So she was close enough to home that she felt comfortable making her escape and meeting up with a friend that she knew there. A few months later, Top Model called up and asked Angelie if she would return for their All-Stars season. She accepted. Angelie was stunned when the show's talent producer knew about her brief stint as an escort. Michelle, the talent producer, asked Angelie about it before filming began. Angelie said, Up until this point, I didn't know if Krista's call had even reached anyone. So when Michelle mentioned it, I realized someone higher up did know what was going on with me and they did nothing. Angelie was cagey about answering Michelle when she asked about had you worked as an escort before because she was worried that she wouldn't be allowed to compete. But according to Angelie, Michelle assured her that no one would find out and she was really encouraged to do the show again. Oh my gosh. Like they told her, they're like, no, it's fine. Like we just want to know, we just want to help you Mm -hmm. and we just want all the information so we can protect you. We really want you to compete. We want you back on the show. So the show went on. Angelie traveled with the remaining contestants to the Greek Isle of Crete for the overseas portion of the show. It was in Greece where the girls participated in one of the show's many absurd photo shoot challenges. 
According to Business Insider, top models creative director Andrew Patterson recalled brainstorming with Tyra about potential photo shoot concepts for when they were in Greece. He asked her to come up with the most Greek thing possible. He told Business Insider that Tyra, quote, looks at me with the most serious face and she says, the Greek salad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's nothing else I can think about with Greece. There's no architecture uh, yeah. or, or, or <laughs> like, yeah, like uh, <laughs> philosophers or gods and goddesses. Yeah. Like, right. The Greek salad. The most she, famous thing. That is thing such for- a bimbo move. <laughs> it's, I respect it. <laughs> I truly respect that response. Same. 100%. So <laughs> they went forward with the Greek salad concept mm-hmm. for a photo shoot. And so the girls posed inside giant bowls filled with tomatoes, feta cheese, cucumber, and olive oil. And then these poor girls went on go sees in New York City with that photo in their book and wondered why. No their careers. This is a top model shoot, isn't it? <laughs> Not to mention the fact that they all were posing inside the same bowl with the same funky salad in it. Ugh, I mean, just a, what a boneheaded move. I can't. And one of the one of the people who was on set, they told Business Insider, they're like, yeah, there was a lot of there was olive oil in it. So these girls are literally frying in the hot Greek sun. <gasps> oh, my God. Because like, they're shooting it on a beach. Yeah, they're like naked, right? They were. Or they have bikinis. bikinis. Okay. But they're in a bowl of Greek salad. Yeah, I mean, they're wearing very skimpy bikinis in a bowl of Greek salad. <laughs> I couldn't because I didn't watch that season. No, I couldn't believe when Kara did. Kara sent us, or we we were talking about it on Twitter, and I, I couldn't believe that that was true. Like it's just too crazy to be. Like if I was putting my top model perfor- portfolio together, I'd leave out some of those pictures and just use the more basic ones. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like never in my life would I include a photo of me in a bowl of Greek salad. That's something you hang in your kitchen for a joke. (laughs) That's a joke. So yeah, that was, that was one of the infamous shoots. They also did this other, like they made like a fashion video that was inspired by Tyra's book that she had just written called, and okay, Dazzy, I think we should read this book for, for Hollywood crime scene book club. It's called model land and it's a fictional book. I've seen this. Cause when I was looking for a bio of Tyra, just in case we wanted to do her, yeah, there's no books on her, but I kept seeing model land. (laughs) I was like, no, (laughs) this book, they had to like shoot scenes that were inspired by chapters in the book. Oh God. And it is the most deranged sounding thing ever that I've ever heard of. And I really want to read this book. Yeah, I'm sure it's great. Um, so yeah. Angeli went on to be crowned the winner of America's Next Top Model Cycle 17 All-Stars while they were in Greece. But we never saw that. Right. She would receive the generous prize package, including the $100,000 CoverGirl contract that would get the struggling model back on her feet. I mean, that is life-changing money. Yeah. For anyone, especially Angelie, who's been really struggling. Yeah. A few weeks later, Angelie, meanwhile, has spent the last few weeks back home thinking, I just won yeah. this huge prize package. I won All-Stars. But then she gets a phone call. 
The show still hadn't premiered at this point, mind you. Yeah. She was contacted by Michelle Mock and another producer named Laura Fuest Silva. And they told her that they had heard from a former contestant that she had worked as an escort and that she needed to come clean to them. Now, remember that she had already spoken with Michelle Mock before filming began. And is she related to Ken? Ken? No. Okay. Different spelling. They also told her that it was okay. They were just looking out for her. They just wanted to get ahead of this. And And this is Krista who told them. Krista who told them because she because she needed help not to like rat her out no yeah no I mean that's so fucked up for Krista too yeah I mean Krista called them as a last ditch effort she wasn't trying to get her in trouble though no she was trying to get her help and this was before she was even on cycle 17 like right Ugh. so Angeli was then called into a, a meeting in Manhattan at a hotel with producers an attorney for the show and one of the show's psychologists. So this is like all these big wigs yeah. and a psychologist meeting with Anjali. They told her that her title as America's Next Top Model was being revoked and <gasps> she was disqualified. Anjali said, they asked who I was staying with in the city and Dr. Zachary straight up asked me if I was sleeping with my friend to stay there. He said, uh, you know, Anjali, you have no one to... Oh, and then she said that the show's attorney said, you know, Anjali, you have no one to blame but yourself. You did this to yourself. (gasps) So first they accuse her. They're like, oh, did you sleep? Are you sleeping with the guy who brought you to this meeting today? Yeah. And then like they blamed her for her. Did she um, admit it to them during this meeting? Yeah. Uh Um, She said she was sobbing. During this whole thing, she was absolutely devastated. And to add insult to injury, Anjali was asked to return to Los Angeles to reshoot the finale so they could crown (gasps) a different winner. Oh, my God. And Anjali was like, no. Oh, good for her. I'm not going. And she didn't go. Um, And did this violate something in her contract? Uh, I I think it might have, but... They, the, the reality is, is the, the producer was like, it's fine. It's fine. No, I agree with you. I'm just curious what they're, le- they must've had a legal backing to do this. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think like, cause the, because being a sponsor for these brands. Yeah. I think there was like a, a legal thing going on, but, but it's bizarre that they knew in advance. That's what I don't get. Well, a lot of people have speculated that they, they did this on purpose for drama and, to have this disqualification at the end. Yeah. Right. I mean, and that's really evil if that's the case. Uh, yeah. So Angeli wasn't invited to the season premiere. And three years later in 2014, Angeli filed a lawsuit against the show, which in the lawsuit included Tyra Banks and executive producer Ken Mock. She sought $3 million for the revocation of her prize package, as well as $1 million for violations of California's labor laws. Hmm. Angeli told her story to the Daily Mail in 2015. The article says, Preston has claimed that the girls were often forced to film 16 or 17 hours without food or water, and that for lengthy periods, the contestants were put on ice meaning they were not allowed to eat, drink, or talk until called upon for filming. 
According to Anjali, they were often kept in a holding room on ice for hours on end, guarded by members of the production team. And she has alleged that on one occasion, crew withheld medical care when she suffered an anxiety attack <sighs> and exhaustion following her final runway shoot so that the dramatic scenes could be captured on camera. Oh, my God. Angelie wound up dropping the suit in 2018. She realized that she was going up such a powerful machine, yeah. going up against this powerful machine, and like she's just one person. Right. Uh, she had mentioned in the Daily Mail she had hoped that other models would join her. Yes. In supporting her and they would be this like united front. But it was just her against this powerful thing. Right. And so she dropped the suit. Angelie told Bustle, it's different now because everyone can be more open about these things like sex work and not be looked down upon. But back then you didn't talk about it because it was shameful and I felt ashamed. And Top Model made me feel even more ashamed than I already was. Mm. So... It's just a really sad story. Yeah. What is she up to now? She's doing good. She's still gorgeous. Yes. I mean, she is stunning. And like, she seems like she's happy and like moved past it. But obviously, this is a really painful thing that, right. that happened to her. And and it's bullshit. Like, she should have. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I think the egregious thing is that they knew and kept her. Like if they have some weird morality clause, it's like, okay, fine, whatever. Fuck your morality. But like, yeah, fuck it. I think fuck it. But if that's your thing and you have to for sponsorships or whatever, right. don't bring them on the show at all. That, right. Do you know what I mean? Like don't put them through this right. knowing they won't ever be able to win. Right. Every girl should come in with this pretense at least that they have a shot. Right. Like, right. Uh, and then to specifically do that, knowing you were going to make this dramatic disqualification at the end it's just fucking bullshit. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> this isn't necessarily a, a good thing, but how about doing it before she wins and doing it? <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? Just doing it at the final three level, disqualify her. Like that's still shitty, but at least you're not putting her through this win and taking it away. <laughs> like it's just gross. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's really fucked up. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. 
With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings with big cash back at hundreds of stores. Don't miss headliners like Canon, Fenty Beauty, and Dyson. I can't wait to shop for all of my summer fashion and beauty needs, and we'll definitely be checking out Ulta and Adidas. Rakuten really is the best way to shop. You can really save by stacking cash back on top of other deals. And during Big Give Week, the cash back is bigger than ever. It's the time to shop for everything you need for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Membership is free, and it's all happening May 6th to May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost on top of Big Give Week cashback rates, go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Rakuten is the shopping platform to save while shopping. Arguably the most famous moment in top model history happened in cycle four when Tyra Banks screamed at contestant Tiffany Richardson at panel. Mm-hmm. Many people who haven't even seen a single episode of Top Model are familiar with sound bites or gifs from Tyra's takedown. It was a screaming monologue fit for a nighttime soap. If there was a pool nearby, someone would have been pushed in. I mean... This is how you know Tyra's a bad actress. (laughs) This is so... This is high camp. It is... (laughs) The way she's yelling is just so... If if it's, it's... it's not only the most famous top model moment, it might be one of the most famous reality show moments of all time. Oh, totally. I mean, like I, I said, mean, like you said, it's crossed over into like meme and everyone knows it. Everyone knows this moment, even if you've never seen an or episode. Pro- and most people might not even know what it's from. Like, right. They just know this image of Tyra with her red hair. Yeah. Screaming, <laughs> saying, We were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. Yes. Qu- I mean, it's a reaction gift. Be quiet, yeah. Tiffany. It's outrageous. So let's rewind a little bit. Tiffany first appeared on the show in cycle three. She was urged by her grandmother to compete. Tiffany was interviewed by Michael Blackman for a 2017 piece in BuzzFeed. She told him about how she believed participating in the competition might provide a respite from her then hectic life of partying. She said, I needed a break. I needed to get away and try to do something better. Top model was my way out of what I was doing before I killed myself or did some crazy shit or ended up in jail or dead. Tiffany was prominently featured in Cycle 3's casting week. 
Following her interview with the judges, Tiffany and the girls went out to Barney's Beanery in West Hollywood to have some drinks. All of a sudden, some other girls who were at the bar started beefing with the models. <gasps> this is like... Oh, right, right. These girls this. are like, <laughs> you know, who the fuck are you? And like, ugh. I mean, that was like when I first went to um, that place and it's in L.A., right? The one in L.A. Barney's Beanery. Yeah, yeah. Yes. When I first went there, that's what I was excited about. I was like, ooh, Barney's Beanery. <laughs> this is where the top model fight happens. Right. So these girls just start beefing with the models. And Tiffany walks up and confronts one of the women, who then dumped a beer on Tiffany's mm. head. Mm. Tiffany responded by throwing a drink in the girl's face, causing the bar to erupt. And the models end up running out. Tiffany was eliminated during casting week and would not make it into the model house during that cycle. But her moment, her very brief moment in cycle three was memorable. But Tiffany was soon after approached by producers who suggested she go to anger management so she could come back and try out again for cycle four. Okay, see, they want these girls coming back. Of course. For drama. Yeah. Of course. Tiffany did do a little bit of anger management, but she said it didn't really help her. She told BuzzFeed, I don't think they really cared about me going to anger management. It looked good for TV. Fake ass Cinderella story. Well, also, they wanted to cover their ass legally. Of course. And say, we told her to go to anger management. <laughs> like When Tiffany took her psych evaluation for cycle four, she says she lied about her answers. She put down what she thought they wanted to hear. Despite Tiffany lying on her psych eval, she did seem more easygoing than before. She, she was certainly getting this reformed girl edit from, yeah. from production. And production seemed hell-bent on pushing this on her. Like, ooh, she was wild and crazy. Yeah. And, you know, she didn't make it into the model house in cycle three, but now look at her. She's Right. She's, I remember them showing the clips, too. Right. Like flashback clips or whatever. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, now look at her. She's a good girl, and she's ready to become America's yeah. next top model. Yeah. In her Cycle 4 interview with the judges during casting week, Tiffany cried as she recounted how the anger management classes really helped her. <laughs> she told of how her grandmother, who she lived with, didn't pay their electricity bills so that she could buy a swimsuit for the, for the audition. Aww. This was reality TV gold. Yeah. Tiffany later told BuzzFeed, I was full of shit. I love it. But regardless of that, <laughs> but regardless of that, she was a good model and she was beautiful. She's still beautiful. Yeah. Not only did she make it into the model house, but she had the best photo the first week in the competition. Though Tiffany was succeeding, she couldn't help but notice just how ridiculous this whole endeavor was. Like, it didn't take long for her to be like, wait a minute. Yeah. This isn't about modeling. This is... <laughs> this is a reality show. This is a reality show, and it's it's weird. Yeah. So <laughs> she didn't see this as a modeling competition, but more like a series of humiliating tests that the girls had Ooh. to pass. Oliver Twixt asked her which of the photo shoots were her favorites. And she said every single photo shoot was quote, some dumbass shit. I mean, Accurate. <laughs> he went through and he's like, well, what about this one? She goes, dumb as hell, dumb as hell. She's like, I'm telling you every single photo shoot we did was some dumbass shit. Right. Cause they never just did a, a normal 
pretty, pretty photo shoot like you would do just doing some clothes, show the clothes off. Right. That's what models do. Right. I mean, of course, there's high concept shoots for editorials, but generally when you want to build a portfolio. Yeah. Well, you need to do both. Yeah, you need to do both. But also their high concept shoots were just like clownish. They are not high concepts you would see in the real world. Like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So she also noted that during a shoot for Wonder Bra, the male model that the girls had to pose with groped all of them. Oh, she said the girls were all just expected to suck it up, which she thought was bullshit because it's not like they were even getting paid. She's like, maybe I could suck it up if you were paying me, but like you're letting this guy grope me and like for nothing. It was the sixth episode of the cycle and the girls were made to do a teleprompter challenge ahead of the panel judging their photos from that week's shoot. The girls all had to read from a script from a teleprompter in front of the panel. This was purely a challenge meant to humiliate a lot of these girls who were from small towns who had never heard of these designer names they had to read. Right. And And Tiffany was like from the South, right? Tiffany was from Florida. Yeah. And she like, I mean, there were some hard to pronounce names in there if you didn't know what. She also had an accent too. She had an accent. and, And back in those days on Top Model, they would often get on girls who had Southern accents. Yeah. They'd be like, you, you gotta, you gotta lose that twang. Yeah. So, I mean, this was sort of a challenge built to humiliate someone like Tiffany. Yeah. And, and it did. So Tiffany stumbled over the words, mispronouncing many of them. And she finally just gave up and she's like, I can't do this. And Tyra said, if you don't do this, you're going to go home. So she tried again, and she seemed almost on the verge of tears. It was somewhere between tears and laughter that you're watching her do this challenge, and it's like you can tell she's like, this is unbelievable. Why am I doing this? Well, also something like that I think gets harder and harder when you keep messing up. It's like when you're trying not to laugh and you keep laughing even harder. Yeah. She's just in an unwinnable situation, I think, at that point. You can't, like, recover. So she finally makes it through the end of this script and she lets out this big sigh and she walks away and she says, this is humiliating more and more each week. The camera flashed to Tyra who (gasps) scowled because I mean, that's the one thing Tyra could not handle is if you would, if you would assert or insinuate in any way that her photo shoots and her show was not very, very serious. Yeah. Like she could not handle that. And Tiffany's like, this is humiliating. uh, Tiffany told Oliver Twixt in a May 2022 interview with him. I was already over it. It didn't seem like a modeling competition. It just seemed like a way to make us look weird or crazy. Following the photo shoot judging, Tiffany was called up to the chopping block with fellow contestant Rebecca. Both of the girls had the two worst photos of the week and one of them would be going home. Tyra told Tiffany, you stand before me because everybody wants this more than you. Your grandmother wants this badly for you. She asserted that Tiffany didn't believe that she was worth it and needed to learn to love herself. In a surprise move, Tyra eliminated both Tiffany and Rebecca. (gasps) She's like, you're both going home. Whoa. Tyra loves a surprise uh, like 
edit, like the elimination. The elimination. Yeah. Yeah. What she did for this instance is like, instead of turning over a photograph of the girl who was staying in the competition, she turned over a photo, but the photo was blank. And she said, you're both going home. I wish it was a picture of her. I'm the only one saying. <laughs> you know, I just stained. remembered the funniest thing about Top Model is after the elimination when the person disappears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I goes, was like obsessed with like who used to be where. Yeah, me too. And it, <laughs> and it goes. <laughs> yes. And it was just like. <laughs> and it was just like sort of funny because you'd always try to think who's going to win based on their position in the photo, like the group photo or something. Right, but it would always be like, oh, they... <laughs> well, it was always funny it was the last one because they were always in a weird position. Yeah, because they're all the way to the left or yeah, something. Yeah, and their arms, their weird arm position used to be covered by another girl, but now we're seeing it. Yeah. It's just kind of like... <laughs> right. So <laughs> they both get eliminated and... Tiffany, whose narrative was supposed to be that of the reformed bad girl with top model being her way out of a crappy life, stunned Tyra Banks when she did not elicit the emotional reaction to being eliminated that was expected of her. Mm. Tiffany took it in stride, consoling the girls behind her, some of whom were crying because of her elimination. She told them, stop crying, stop crying. It's okay. She's hugging the girls. She's comforting them. She's like, I'll be fine. She even cracks a little joke. Like, you know. I mean, she's handling it in a very mature way. Right. Yeah. Right. It's it, right. <laughs> and it, the camera then goes to Tyra, <laughs> who's still standing there in her position with this pained look on her face. It's like a pained look, but also a very concerned look. And then Tyra says, can you come, can you guys come back here for a second? I just want to say one more thing to you. So she calls Tiffany and Rebecca back and she told Rebecca, Rebecca, I admire your emotion right now. It shows me that this was something that was very important to you because Rebecca was crying. Yeah. Then she says, Tiffany, I am extremely disappointed in you. Mm. This is a joke to you. Tyra continued reprimanding Tiffany for not taking the competition seriously, saying that she could have won the whole thing. Tiffany at this point starts to interject, trying to explain herself before Tyra finally erupts and says, be quiet, Tiffany. <laughs> and Tiffany's still kind of talking and she goes, stop it. <sighs> you know the stop it. <laughs> I can hear it right now. Yeah. And Tiffany, like there's a dramatic symbol, like a percussion noise and, and every, the room goes silent. Yeah. And that's when Tyra says, I have never in my life yelled at a girl like this. When my mother yells, it yells like this. It is because she loves me. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I, <laughs> it's just so it's I iconic. Mean, Tyra, <laughs> I don't even know how this person exists sometimes. Like, <laughs> it's such a crazy thing to see. I just, you, I mean, it, it goes on. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to scream right now and have my neighbors be concerned. But it is, I, I'd be surprised if anyone listening hasn't heard and seen this. So yeah. whatever, Google it. Tiffany told Oliver Twixt that she believes Tyra's iconic explosion was on purpose for drama, but she also noted that Tyra was on her period that day. 
How did she know that? Because like she she had complained about her cramps. Oh. Like she had heard her complaining about her cramps. And when she told that to Oliver Twixt, he starts screaming. He was because <laughs> she's like, well, Tyra was on her period that day. And he's like, what? Excuse me? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, like she was complaining about cramps like in between takes. I mean, that's funny, but <laughs> I think I think Tyra planned it for sure. I don't think she really was that mad. I, I mean, think, I think she's mad in the in the sense that she is being disrespected. Yes. Uh, I just feel like it, she took it overboard. Like she definitely heightened it, I think, for the she, show. She took advantage of the moment. She, yes. She capitalized on the moment because Tyra, for all her faults, Tyra's a show woman. Yes. Tyra is a, I mean, that she knows how to put on a show. She is she is the pinnacle of reality TV. She's excellent television. Well, she also in a way had to, I think cover for her actual pissed off. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like she was pissed off because she felt Tiffany wasn't crying. And I think that, uh, shook her. So I think she had to recover by acting like it was because she cared so much about Tiffany, like make it look, it's like I'm pissed for a good reason. Right. It's not for my own petty self. And we're going to get into that. (laughs) (laughs) so tiffany said that she cried a lot during the filming of the show but that this instance in which she got eliminated was like the one time she didn't cry so she said yeah it made sense tyra was so furious about that yeah i think tiffany was probably just like (sighs) i think tiffany saw it coming and wasn't surprised she was relieved yeah and it was a relief because she was over it right she went on to say that Tyra actually said way more to her that didn't make it to the air, oh. that this tirade was even longer. One particularly cutting comment that Tyra made to her was, you can go home and sleep on your dirty mattress with your baby. <gasps> oh. And even though Tiffany has like pretty much moved on from this thing, she says that that line has like stuck with her for a very oh long time. Because I mean, she's like making fun of her like that. She's from like struggled financially living with her grandmother and her young child. I mean, that's a cutting fucked up comment. Honestly, there's like, there's always those things people have said to you. You'll always remember. And it's just like, it just sucks that you would do that to someone like cut them in that way that will will stay with them forever. Even if they change their circumstances or whatever. Yeah. And it's mean. And Tiffany also said it was humiliating for her to say that in front of all the other girls and all the other judges like, Oh, now everyone knows I, I I'm living in poverty. Like with my grand, like it was, she was humiliated. Well, not only that, it's like, it's one thing to be living in poverty, but to say you're on a dirty mattress. Yeah. That's like not necessarily true. Like, right. I mean, that's just, that's just mean. And it's like, it's classist. Like, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that, I mean, I, (laughs) I mean, who knows? Like t- Tiffany was like, it was a thousand times like her ty- the unedited tirade love was like to get that unedited edited tape. You know it exists. <laughs> Come on, who has it? <laughs> it's kind of like when people wanted those like tapes of Trump saying things on The Apprentice released, right. and they never happened. It's like, can we at least get this? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So Tiffany also said things late after after this went down that didn't make it to air. Like when she was back at the model house, packing up her stuff, she was sort of going on an expletive filled rant. She was saying, fuck Tyra, fuck top model. 
that didn't make it to air. Well, that's not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> but she was pissed, you know? She was like, she just... So she was pissed at the Tyra rant. Yes. Yeah. She was embarrassed. It was embarrassing for her. Well, because no one else gets singled out like that in, a, in that way ever. Right. Like, people have definitely had their little Tyra, you know, takedown. Right. But it's, it's literally like a few lines. It's not like this. And it's never been screaming before. Yeah, it's just you don't scream at another adult that way in this circumstance. Tiffany told Oliver that she doesn't believe Tyra would have yelled that hard at a white girl. She also felt that the yelling was unwarranted because they weren't close enough for it to be this alleged maternal yelling. Ooh, interesting. She said, yeah, some people were like, or, you know, Nigel later would go on to say even more recently, like, I think it was like a maternal Tyra felt maternal towards her and Tiffany's like I didn't know her like that I, she was yeah. she was my judge on the show no Tyra decided the storyline was Tiffany was her little cause right and that's that's what it was the relationship only existed in Tyra's head for the story <laughs> like right and to Tiffany it's like you're just the the host of the show who's also judging me and my mom like you're I don't have a relationship with you beyond right. that and t- and if it was exist, if it existed, Tiffany would feel the same way. Like it would have been mutual. Right. So like several other models who competed on the show, Tiffany noted that when the cameras weren't rolling, Tyra's we're all girlfriends here persona ended that, I mean, look, I understand like Tyra's a very busy woman and she has like a bajillion things going on. But like, that's, that's like a common thing. A lot of the models have said that like, She'd be all smiles and like warm and fuzzy when the cameras are rolling. But as soon as they stopped, it's like nobody approached Tyra. No one had any real time face to face time with her. So they they got their one question at the beginning. (laughs) Yeah, there weren't there weren't real relationships being built with Tyra. I mean, I think that the reason that that is sort of an egregious thing is because Tyra sells herself as this personable, down to earth you know, one of the girls type people, not just on the show, but in general. Yeah. So I don't know, like, I, I, I feel like she, you don't have to um, hang out with them, but why would you not at least be friendly off camera? Like, Oh, gotta go. Great seeing you, Lisa. Or like, whatever. Like, right. Rebecca, the girl who was eliminated alongside Tiffany told Buzzfeed that she felt Tyra quote, went above and beyond to break Tiffany down. Brittany, another contestant that season, said it was definitely harsh, almost like Tyra wanted her to be devastated when she got eliminated. And when Tiffany was not acting that way, it's like she just lost it. I remember uh, being shocked how she was clearly mad Tiffany wasn't crying. Right. I just also I feel like Tiffany is the type of person like I have a little bit of this when other people are upset you kind of take care of them more than your own feelings. And it kind of helps you not focus on your own feelings. So it's like a welcome relief to focus on other people. Right. Instead of crying. Well, like how Tiffany was consoling the other girls. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like she was like happy probably to focus on them and not think about her own situation in that moment. Yeah. It's kind of an avoidance tactic, but in a nice way. Yeah. Tiffany said that after she packed her stuff and was sent to a hotel to be quarantined while the rest of the show filmed tyra showed up with her mother to try and smooth things over 
Do you remember when Tyra's mom would come on the yes. show? So Tiffany was like, what's your mom doing, <laughs> doing here? Um, it was sort of like this like moment that they were trying to, to have like my mom, yeah. my mom's here. We're going to comfort you. Wasn't it, there like an episode where Tyra plays like a fairy godmother uh, or something? I don't doubt it. That sounds familiar, <laughs> but I don't remember. Maybe she was in a TV movie, but I feel like that's who she thinks she is. Oh, you're talking about the Disney channel. Right. She was like a fairy godmother, right? No, she wasn't. Okay. Okay. First of all, <laughs> first of all, Desi, the movie, the movie is called Life Size <laughs> and it stars Lindsay Lohan. It came out in the year 2000. It was a Disney channel original movie during peak Disney channel original movie days. And Tyra starred as a Barbie-like doll who came to life in Lindsay Lohan's house and became Lindsay Lohan's men- like sort of like big sister and like oh, mentor. I think I'm thinking of something else because I know Life Size. Life Size is great. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I feel like there's some, I have some image in my head of Tyra dressed like the fairy godmother from Cinderella oh. with like a magic wand. <laughs> <laughs> And I have no idea where I'm coming from. This. I believe but it. But regardless, I think that that's who she thinks she is to these girls. Their mom figure, cool older sister, their fairy godmother, who's going to take them out of their uh, dirty mattress house and make them over, right? Like, and make them into the, having this new life, at least for the TV show. <laughs> so the fact that someone might, I, I think that they know when they've gone too far. Yeah. And they, and she quickly had to like, recalibrate that to make Tiffany not too mad. Right. So Tiffany was also contacted several times by Tyra over the phone following the filming of cycle four, but before cycle four aired, Tiffany believes it was an attempt to do damage control. Tiffany says that Tyra never apologized to her though, but would sort of call and she's worried. She's definitely worried. Tyra. Yeah. She, I think she regretted the way in some ways, but at the end of the day, one of the producers noticed like Tyra could have cut that yelling out. Well, here's the thing. She probably didn't regret what was aired. She regretted what got cut, the, the dirty mattress, oh, et cetera. So that's, that's how I kind of believe Tiffany is telling the truth there. Not that I really didn't believe her, but I think Tyra regretted some of the things that did get cut and right. was worried Tiffany would say them. And eventually she does, but it's years later now. Right. Tiffany even went on to appear on the Tyra Banks show a few times because Tyra would often have former contestants. I think I remember her coming on. But Tiffany's grandmother grew annoyed with Tyra and ended up writing a strongly worded letter to Tyra telling her to stop contacting her granddaughter. (gasps) She was like, you've done enough. I love the grandma. Stop it. Tyra did use her mom to get sympathy because her mom's really sweet. Yeah, the mom was nice. The mom seemed like great. Tiffany said that she's had to stop her grandmother from cussing out Tyra on numerous occasions. (gasps) Why would you stop her? By the way, (laughs) grandma's still alive. Oh, great. Yeah. Tiffany talked about her grandma on the Oliver Twixt interview. Oliver Twixt asked Tiffany her opinion about Janice Dickinson. And Tiffany said, age has really caught up to her. You look a mess. You done tore us all apart, and now you look a mess. But she cute. That's nice. That's what- <laughs> look. Janice can't ask for more. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oliver then asked her, or he asked her, I think in the beginning of the interview, how it felt to be a pop culture icon. And she said, I don't want to be no icon for somebody screaming at me. Yeah. Uh, Which is, (laughs) that is fair. Yeah. Today, Tiffany lives in Miami and she works at a group home caring for disabled people. And she does like some kind of modeling for fun stuff on the side. She's still gorgeous. I mean, she's a beautiful girl. And yeah, that's, that's part two. Yay. That's so much. I know. And there's even still more. I know. I'm looking forward to it. All the scraps. We got some, yeah, we have some extra stories that we did not get to on this episode or the last episode. So if you'd like to hear us break down those stories, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Hollywood crime scene and subscribe at the $10 level. Yeah. And you'll have, you'll have access to that and you'll have access to everything, everything on our Patreon. So yeah, we're going to do the the rest for our, one of our bonus episodes this month. Yeah. Cool. And we'll have more pics. We'll have post some more pictures on our Instagram page. We should post the video. Can we do that on a story of Tiffany? I think people have seen it. Oh, well, I don't know. I want to post another obscure video. Okay. Did you like the one I posted in the stories? Yes, with, um, because we talked about it. So yeah. I wanted to see it. The one you posted. I mean, last if week. people want me to post the Tiffany one, no, I will. I mean, Google it. Yeah. I mean, stories are unlimited. We can do as many as we want. That's true. <laughs> it's not like we have to I, pay. I was, just hope, I was just hoping that you liked the the one I posted last week of the elimination. I did because I wanted to see it. It was... Uh, how crazy was that? It's good because it's very difficult to describe. Yeah. It's like you have to see it to get the full effect. <laughs> it was so rude. It was so rude. It doesn't really make sense 100% hearing it. But when yeah. you see it, you're like, okay, that's shady. Yeah. Like, it's really bad. Yeah. Anyway, we'll post more pictures on our Instagram page this week. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.